0: the internet, and welcome to season 152, episode 2 of Dirt Daily's
1: It's yeah! a production
0: of the I Heart Radio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness and say officially off the top. Fuck the Koch brothers, fuck Fox News, fuck Rush Limbaugh, fuck Buck Sexton, fuck Ben Shapiro, and fuck Tucker Carlson. It is Tuesday, and fondant. Uh, it's Tuesday, September 22nd, 2020. My name is Jack O'Brien, aka Guess Who's Jack? back again jacko's back telling trends guess who's back 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 i'm the host of the mostest because nobody wants to hear miles no more they want jacko the hot taker well if you want jack this is what i'll give you a little cold gas mixed with a durita all right that is courtesy of ramen king uh, and I am yeah in your face, bro. Uh, I'm thrilled to be joined once again oh, by man. my co-host, Mister Miles Gray. When I drink whole brew,
2: it's time to record T D Z. And I see Jacks do, and I know he isn't mad at me. A lovely day, and thank you to whatever Christy Amaguchi name Main's Instagram handle, Yo, Twitter handles are. On, this man, man is hopping from handle to handle like uh,
0: the Dillinger of mid. Twitter. I don't know just what had, I'm just evading the law, one step ahead of the law. Yeah,
2: so I guess you are now at Wapple House. Okay, so oh, okay. shout out to at Wapple House for that. uh okay, inspired, okay. AK I feel like I did that one before, but you know I'm feeling like it's a lovely day to have chat. Oh, thank you so again. Long. I was going to say, It's so good to be
0: back. Way. I missed you guys. Uh, thank you. Um, well, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the hilarious, the talented, the brilliant Caitlin Durante! Woo! Hi. I think I have another anagram.
1: Yes. Woo! Fuck yes.
3: I don't remember which of these I've used before, but someone tweeted at me uh, a while ago with a few that I've just been sitting on for wow. months and just months. For
2: people who are new to the show, because, I mean, we got a massive influx of new listeners that I've imagined right. in the last two weeks. <laughs> Caitlin Durante's name is probably one of the most flexible names in terms of anagrams. What was the yeah. first one that started off? Was it Latin Dancer?
3: I think it was Lance, Latin, Latin Dancer, dancer UTI.
2: UTI which and is... then. Second best was like nine tit. Dracula was Damn. also fucking mind blowing. <laughs> Didn't you have a Titanic one too?
3: Yes, Lauren D. Titanic.
2: Okay, and now <laughs> which like is your the-
0: favorite movie or one which of your is favorite movies? One of right? my
3: favorite
2: movies. <laughs> okay, but so Lauren now what do we D. got?
3: Titanic.
0: Uh, Some new
3: ones that I don't think I've shared before uh, include, um, let's see, unclean arid tit.
1: Okay. Uh, let's
3: see. <laughs> Oh, my God. Lurid taint acne? Oh, Oh, no!
0: (laughs) Oh, these are... Why? Some of them are really dirty. A
3: lot of them have, like, tit or taint Taint or uh, a very naughty C-word that I don't mind saying, but I know that people don't like to hear it, Uh, but Uh the C-word. Just um, say it with a
0: British accent. We'll be good. Emmanuel (laughs) Kant. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um. So yeah, a lot of them are quite dirty. Anal is another one that comes up a lot. Um, uh huh. Uh huh. So you know, just various derivatives of um, anal taint, right?
0: Tit. <laughs> Latin dancer UTI nine tit Dracula. <laughs> Those are still. Uh, mm. they they combine the pedestrian with the with the lurid. Uh. <laughs> but but these these are really grossing me out. The, yeah. Oh,
3: and, and let me credit those ones that I said those these those came from um, at abstrusol
0: abstrusol. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He should be well arrested done. or they should well, be man. arrested. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, Caitlin, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a few of the things we're talking about. I'd imagine right after you guys recorded on Friday, news yeah, came through. hours after. Uh, RBG uh, passed away, so we are going to mourn her, talk about uh, the political situation uh, in the aftermath of her passing. Uh, we'll talk about how the right-wing media is responding to her passing. Uh, we are going to talk about these uh, new leaks that reveal $2 trillion of illegal financial activity being laundered by some shadowy uh, financial organization known as hmm. Deutsche Bank. Never uh, heard of them. Yeah. They big? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, HSBC, JP Morgan, Never all tied into it. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about why protest songs may be a bad idea when you're over the age of 50. Uh, we're going to talk about Ellen being back. We're going to talk about Red Lobster's Mountain Dew Cocktail. Uh, all of that, plenty more. But first, Caitlin, we like to ask our guests: What is something from your search history that is revealing about who you are?
3: Oh gosh, oh, I, I didn't, I haven't had a chance to prepare any of this because, yeah, oh, okay, it's not well, supposed here
0: to be prepared. You got to just read it. You read it off your search to... <laughs> history. Give it to us.
3: Okay, uh, well, I just googled hero's journey
0: uh-huh. um,
3: because. No offense, but I'm a screenwriter. Oh,
2: wow. <laughs> no Some offense. Some might say you even have a degree.
3: Some might even say that I do have a degree. I'm going to
2: try not to be
0: offended by that. But, uh,
2: <laughs> we'll see. I mean, Weird flex, but understandable.
3: Yeah. Um, so I wanted to there's like 12 steps of the hero's journey that I wanted to make sure I, I had right um, because I wanted to include it in screenwriting classes and workshops that I routinely teach. So if anyone's wow. not to plug anything also, um, but <laughs> you know, I do that. So if you want to check that out, go to my website. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now, so I, I googled her, her, hero's journey.
0: Now that that is like a cheat code to movies being made in Hollywood. I feel like they lo- love them a hero's journey. Do you? Mm-hmm. When you're teaching that, are you just like this? This is what everybody wants their movie to be now, or are you uh, um, just teaching it as a?
3: It's more just like, here's a a particular structure that you can model your story after. Here's like kind of a template you can use that is generally quite popular in Mm -hmm. like, you know, you know how Disney just owns everything, Uh, all the Marvel movies, all the Star Wars movies generally follow this template. Um, So it's more just like, here's an option for you. But there's also other types of stories (laughs) that are less than, no, I'm kidding.
2: But Dan Harmon uses it so he can be as drunk as possible and still make award-winning content. I think it (laughs) holds up. If that can serve as a guardrail for his writer's
1: rooms. That's when I first
2: being like, damn, Like when you really adhere to something. Because I remember when Community first came out. Everyone's mm-hmm. like, oh, wow, it's like really just everything's so tidy and the, the writing's really efficient. And then there's like this article that really sort of talked about Dan Harmon's sort of process using all his Joseph Campbell love. Right. And I was like, that's when I kind of sound like, yeah, like actually you can be so rigid to a thing like that and still find it like not seem like it's, you know, the same thing every time. But I guess like, when right. you watch yeah, the context formulaic. of films, you're like, mm, here we go. And then it'll return, the character will return with the new skills and yes, yes, yes.
0: Yes, yes,
2: yes. Uh, What is something you think
0: is overrated?
3: Oh, gosh. Um, I don't know. Again. (laughs) (laughs) We pulled you into this
0: for people. We pulled you in last second. You are. Yes, yeah. yeah, I'm normally very
3: prepared and studious. Um, I would say Kevin Costner is the first thing that came to my brain.
0: Kevin Costner overrated. Mm. Yes,
1: that's you know facts. you know how
3: he's super relevant all that's the straight
1: time. <laughs> I feel like we've
2: been talking about Kevin Costner in the last month. This is yeah. the first time Costner's because we were talking about uh, dances with wolves mm. and mm-hmm. what what his whole vibe was there. I talked about how upset I was that he won as a child for that film, the uh, Academy Award for Dances with yeah. Wolves.
0: Was that the year of Do the Right Thing oh. or? I feel like
2: I think it was it was because I think yes we were all this was it was all kind of converging about how like fucking out of it people were in 1990 being like yes this is the best movie right dances with dancing with the wolves
0: I think Driving Miss Daisy won for for that year
2: year. was that was it 90 Uh, oh but Costner won actor
0: Costner Costner won uh, the year after I think is what it is
2: Mm -hmm. oh I see I see I see that's oh okay got you got you Sequentially, Um, that's when dances. Sequentially,
0: got it. But Um, uh, that that was such a weird. It was a prestige movie that also didn't have like a McDonald's tie-in. Dances with Wolves. (laughs) Did it? I feel like it did.
2: Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if somehow they find they found a. Well, now that I Google it, oh my god, there was. (laughs) (laughs) Wait. What the fuck? (laughs) Dances with fast food. It was an article written in the Washington Post in 1992. Um, Dances with, will go on sale? Okay, so for, for, okay, so the movie's coming out and with the purchase of a large sandwich or breakfast sandwich, you could be like, hey man, you want to buy, you want to cop a movie and a, and a Big Mac?
0: Hell yeah. All right, well. Oh, that's right. They gave the movie away.
2: I remember that was like a thing when McDonald's used to be a place you could purchase a VHS tape. Right. I was right. picturing
3: like you. There was somehow like dances with wolves toys in the Happy right. Meals. You get but some offensive
0: doesn't... like headdress or something. <laughs> yeah. Right. God. Um, it's like
2: yeah. Check out these. The Laco- I got the whole Lakota Indian set. Uh, God.
0: Uh, okay, eight dollars with the purchase of a sandwich. Yeah. So that's how that's how it went down. I forgot. Um,
2: I, you know how it's been so long. I couldn't tell you how much a VHS tape cost back then.
0: Eight dollars seems. Was that how cheap? Was I think it's cheap for yeah. Because yeah.
2: um, I feel like if that's like the equivalent, because cassette. I remember when I was a child and I didn't have CD money. I had cassette tape money. Right. I wonder if it's the same thing, like cassette tape, VHS tape. It like, you know, it's like know, Yeah. Cheap to make, then fuck it. It's you know seven bucks.
0: Yeah. Uh. What What else about uh, besides his mcdonald's tie-ins for uh, his <laughs> gentrification uh, parable uh, hero's journey what what uh, what else about kevin costner's overrated
3: oh i mean he, like they tried to make us think that he would be a love interest to whitney houston in bodyguard like oh, oh
0: my God. no <laughs>
3: in what world would whitney houston be interested in kevin costner um and yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just a I hate one. Field of Dreams. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> no offense, <but>
2: right. <laughs> wow, what a sh- what a podcast. That, oh,
3: I cannot abide that movie. Um, yeah, I just I don't like anything he's in. I don't like him as an actor. I don't know how he got famous. Waterworld I think he stinks.
2: It's the only good thing he's been. Wa- in.
3: What? What? Oh, Water Don't get me started.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Dennis Hopper praying that to movie. the captain of the Exxon Valdez. <laughs>
0: That movie like hit me at just the right moment of brain development where I was I think like twelve or something and was just like hell yes this is the coolest because it's basically like a water park in a in movie form mm-hmm. um, yeah
2: because and then as a kid you can't connect the dots of like climate change you're like wouldn't that be cool if the water it was a water world and jet skis were right. our cars and I had gills yeah.
0: and I was into drinking my own pee so yeah. that also tied in. I mean, yeah, take, take two of skills. those boxes, huh? I've got a jet ski and I'm drinking my own peanut. <laughs> Cause I'm an adult. Uh what is something you think is underrated?
3: Um, again, this is just gonna be the first thing that comes to my mind, but I just rewatched this movie Moana, Disney's speaking of Disney. Mm-hmm. Disney's Moana.
0: Oh now you're talking about the language. film of all time. Uh it's I good. Lo- I love Moana. So I good. gotta
2: get. I'm. I have such a blind spot for these Disney films. Like, I saw Coco. That was the last one I saw. Coco was very good. Yeah, I liked Coco a lot. And it's just weird because I always. It's like they're never bad. But, like the huge, the big ones that like adults like universally like, hey, it's pretty good. It's it's never you see it, and you're like that sucked, and I don't know what the fuck everyone's talking about. Like it's always I will a pleasant I, experience.
0: I will say Frozen is the one that is like has adults that I know divided. Some adults really like Frozen. I am not a fan. What what are your no, thoughts nor on am Frozen? I. Yeah. I
3: am not necessary, especially the first one, the second one, there's problems with with both, but uh I I can't get on board the Frozen train.
0: Yeah. Moana has uh the I think I think the songbook is written by Lin-Manuel Miranda and like you can hear it. It has like some hamilton-esque uh lyrical empirical uh mm-hmm. st- oh, type really? rhymes okay. but but it also has the thing from hamilton that i think is underrated where it's like he's good at like tunes like he you know it's not it's not just rapping it's like also uh catchy little hooks and stuff um, got it
2: i mean i'm learning a lot about i was uh you know watching uh, my our niece and nephew over the weekend And man, the content that enters children, I'm always amazed every time I'm interacting with like younger family about like, okay, so what y'all watch? You want to put something on? Let me see what you kids are watching. I'm like, what? (laughs) They're not speaking English and they're screaming in gibberish and you think it's hilarious. I'm like, I don't even get what the irony is for y'all to laugh aside from the facial expressions.
0: Wait, what what are they watching?
2: There was one like Larva Island uh, and I think huh. it's a Korean cartoon, but it's it doesn't use any la- like languages, so oh, it's weird. definitely inner, like universal. But it's like very simple, like it's these you know characters doing their thing. Then I want you know, but then you get it. I talked about this before. The kids YouTube stuff. Yo, that's,
0: that's, that's no good. It's no bueno. Like,
2: I don't know what it is. It's like half the time, like, it'll be like kids being like, yo, we spent $14,000 at this toy store. I'm like, yo, if I saw that as a kid, I would be screaming at my parents.
0: You know what I mean? (laughs) I'm like,
2: yo, this motherfucker on the computer has 14, opened up a 14,000 mystery box or whatever the fuck that shit is. I'm like, it, I don't know. I can see how it could already. It was bad enough to go to a kid's birthday and see how many kids some other kid got for their birthday. I don't need to see a fucking channel. Like I was already, I don't know, feeling like a young kid becoming jealous of this kid and all their yeah. toys.
0: No, they, like, developmental experts say the, the shit on YouTube, like, when you look into it and read, like, there's this thing called Little Baby Bum that's, like, the most watched thing, and it's just cartoons, like, very badly. Computer animated <laughs> cartoons singing, like, songs that... Very simple, like nursery rhyme songs, but it's just like absolute garbage. Developmental experts are like, yo, this is really bad for if them. It's just by like by watching oh. this,
2: it'll somehow affect their reading comprehension.
0: <laughs> yeah, they won't be able to read until they're, uh, until in they're middle 14, school. like Miles, right? But Moana, we 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 yes. jumped past we Moana. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> T- tell me about me. your love of Moana.
3: I, I mean, well. Sp- <sighs> not to bring everything full circle like the hero's journey I does say, but wow. Brett, oh, here we go it is a hero's journey it uh, is. one of the few that a lot that affords like a female character to be the hero I in know. a hero's journey um it's just so beautiful it, the songs are great the story is just so compelling I'm crying the entire time I'm watching it mm. uh, I think a lot of I think a lot of adults like you miles um, Especially if you like don't have kids, you just sort of you're like, Oh, these are these movies aren't for me. Disney animated movies, animated like they're not I don't need to see them, but they're just they're often quite good and Moana is very much worth watching. Well, it's not so that, that they're not for me.
2: It. It's just that yeah. like I don't want to cry again. Watch <laughs> it in a cartoon. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sorry Coco to put words in up. your mouth. But you know what I mean uh,
3: it's like... a it's a good cry. It'll It'll make you feel happy (laughs) as you're bawling your eyes out. I don't know.
0: Moana's also good because you can play the soundtrack. Like the soundtrack translates, whereas Coco is a little slow. So like my sons aren't that into Coco when I put that soundtrack on. But Moana Mm -hmm. gets them moving. Okay. Consider the coconut. The
2: kids just just turn up for that one. It's like Funk Flex at the tunnel back (laughs) in the day. Exactly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They, there's a ritual where every uh, every movie we watch, when the closing credits come on, and it doesn't matter what the closing credits are, are they just get up and dance in front of the TV for like mm. the whole closing credits. Pretty, uh, I think I'm going to adopt that the next time I'm at a movie theater. Um, <laughs> <laughs> in 14 years, yeah. yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, finally, or right what is it? They're ma- open in Orange County. Yeah, <gasps>
3: are they? Oh, yep. what a horrible idea.
0: Yep. Uh I when I was away, uh I dipped into Nevada for a moment and saw that Tenet was showing there. Um mm-hmm. so it's
2: Yeah, and you said it was pretty good.
0: Yeah, not bad. Yeah. Uh just stopped in, you know, just with the It's hard to kids. hear you said because
2: other people were coughing
0: around, around the <laughs> theater. <laughs> uh, Caitlin, finally, what is a myth? What's something people think is true, you know, to be false or vice versa? Um,
3: okay. I feel like this is Kind of common knowledge. I don't know. I, I think people think that like productivity should be a measure for success or like how productive you are dictates Output. like how awesome <laughs> you are. Or I don't know. I just maybe yeah. this is just me justifying uh, having never accomplished anything in my life. But, no, that's <laughs> like, not true.
0: Don't say not <laughs> true. I'm sure. But
3: um, I, I, I think some people. Think that the more productive they are, the that should be some kind of measure for uh, how much value they have. And I would like to. I, I think that that's a myth. I think the value of a person's character should be judged by how well much they money treat they others. Have. Oh, no. the
0: end. yeah, that's better. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, absolutely.
2: Productivity. That's just a. Pile of gar- I mean, at the end of the day, like we also have to kind of remind ourselves, like anything we do is about making ourselves happy, not mm-hmm. like the reaction that it gets from other people. Because when the equations like that, like you'll cease to make good art or you'll just be you'll just be in this like cycle of just pleasing other people and making like, you know, pop music. Basically, we're like, what's the thing that will be good rather than like, how can I express myself with my skills?
3: Mm hmm.
1: Mm hmm.
2: You're winning Mm. if you express yourself. I always say that.
1: Just
2: now. A lot of the time. (laughs) Uh,
0: I always agree with you, just now. (laughs) And being kind to others, like you were saying, Caitlin, oftentimes is the thing that makes you feel good or Mm -hmm. best long-term.
3: It's true.
0: You can just keep on the hedonistic cycle of, uh, you know, just trying to achieve and fill the hole, but eventually... Uh, but for it's... what? Yeah, right. exactly.
2: She so can end uh, up. She so can talk about it on some podcast, some <laughs> stupid
0: <laughs> podcast. Uh, uh, God, uh,
2: but yeah, but yeah. I think again, yeah. Prolific being prolific doesn't necessarily mean the best thing always. You know.
0: Mm-mm. I really want the before it's all said and done. Uh, for America, Donald Trump oh. t- to like for there to be some revelation of just how profoundly unhappy he is uh like i think it's evident to a lot of people who see it but i think there's untold damage being done to just like what people model as, like, this is what success is from right. having somebody who's so transparently a narcissist uh, mm-hmm. be the fucking president of the United <laughs> States and to, like, 40% of the country the, like, ideal. Um, yeah, the most yeah.
2: baller shit is to have dentures and be racist in public with little <laughs> consequences. That's right. the top, baby. Like, I think that's the only thing he's communicating to people. But yeah. even with, everyone knows he's sad. Anybody, who, look, we know from the news reports early on, this dude watches at least seven hours of TV straight or (laughs) throughout the day consistently, right? And it's
3: all Kevin Costner programs.
2: (laughs) (laughs) If anything, like all that, me watching that much TV coincides with not the best moments in my life or my most happy, you know what I mean? Like that's usually me unemployed or something where I'm like, my job is to basically know the whole Bravo reality verse, okay? (laughs) (laughs) That might be a skill at some point.
0: Yeah, and also that diet uh, that he has would be the opposite of happiness for me. That I don't that's... know that.
2: But also there's something about like being a kid or like McDonald's every day. <laughs> that's true.
0: That's <laughs> so true. it's hard to, it's really hard to know. I guess it
2: really depends on what lens you're looking at it because you could yeah. be like, that's so sick. You don't work, you just eat McDonald's and you watch TV and in a way like that is kind of like that, that is Wally-ish American. Fuck.
0: Dream. Yeah, we're never going to beat this guy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the best. Uh, all right. Let's take a quick break and we'll be back. And we're back. And uh, as you may have heard by now, Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away uh this past Friday. Yeah. I mean,. 2020 is a bad Full effect. year. Uh, yeah.
2: It's just, I don't know, you know, I, I as I was like kind of trying to write something about this, I just really don't even know where to start, you know, yeah. to talk about this because yeah. there's a few layers to this. Like, yes, this is fucking awful, but fuck no, this is not going to be the end. So right. I was really, I think people need to wake up, wake the fuck up a little bit because it seems like there's a group of people who have just realized that they found themselves in America in the year 2020, and they may need to take a more active role in preserving their own rights, unfortunately. I know before it felt like the place you didn't have to really worry about anything, but there have been plenty of people uh screaming and hollering for the, I don't know, last few decades about how it could get bad. And mm-hmm. we're sort of there now. And I think, you know, there's this feel like the sentiment. That I see a lot was in the joke that's always been going around is like sort of, you know, some version of like if you're the entire defense of like people's human rights in this country was like hinging on Ruth Bader Ginsburg being alive. Then we have an awful fucking democracy (laughs) and it shouldn't be down to this person holding on to literally dear life to, you know, fight the waves of fascism. And I think now it's weird that her death has made a lot of people sort of suddenly wake up and say, oh, shit. Shit's maybe at stake for me now because before it was just for people who worked in unions or people who cared that much about climate or people who were trying to protect reproductive rights or civil rights or things like that. And now we're at a point where I guess suddenly now this feels like it's truly like a like a four alarm fire. But I don't know. Part of me has sort of just been kind of like, I wonder when it's serious enough for a majority of people to kind of get the same energy because I know people of color, gay people, anyone in the LGBTQ community, immigrants have all been looking at these things and be like, these are all fucking problems. I don't know why no one cares now. But then Mm -hmm. it took Ruth Bader Ginsburg to pass away to people be like, oh, shit, all of this stuff is a problem now, because it was easier to just sort of be comfortable. And I don't know it was easier to disengage to to when you had the security blanket of Ruth Bader Ginsburg (laughs) still being alive.
0: Yeah. I also wonder, like how much of it is just a cycle of like just endless crises and them being you know both heightened like panic response and also like heightened just feeling exhausted by it. And now, like as reality sets in, we just have to make sure that there's action being taken, even though mm-hmm. i you know i I fully agree that it's not. Uh, This should not have been the thing that clued us into the fact that our democracy is at real risk. I think it's interesting, like you were talking about sort of the people who take their rights for granted. It almost sounds like people who are like born on second thing and they hit a double, but with like their own human rights. And, you know, past generations have had to uh, fight and die for those rights. And it sounds like it seems like we're getting back to that place where active sacrifices are going to happen, have to happen in order to continue to live in a free society.
3: Yeah. And it's also the anxiety around who is going to take her place and at what point and who is going to decide who that will be. Um, Because this is kind of like, Unprecedented, where it's like, all right, we're like a month and a half or less away from this election. Like, you know, is Trump going to try to like sneak someone in there at the last minute? Like, there's how do we handle how how is this going to get handled? And just like the panic that I'm feeling around that, that a lot of people are feeling around that, and I just yeah,
2: I mean, look, Dems are going to have to pull every fucking trick out of their quiver book tomes spell book the fucking necronomicon whatever the fuck you gotta do to delay the fuck out of this appointment point yeah. point blank, that's just step one um but there are options you know right uh there are clearly are that's what i'm saying people really need to be engaged with this because to your point this is a moment for the gop to just completely fuck the courts for yeah a for a generation at minimum Uh, And with the things that we have on the line with, again, reproductive rights, the climate, labor rights, fucking (laughs) human rights, our health care. It's not just like, oh, well, if you're like if you if you're this religion and live in this part of the country, then that Supreme Court decision maybe affects you there. It's like, no, no, no. Like they have an agenda, you know, that they're really trying to pull off. And yes, I think there are a lot of things that. People can feel a little bit more comfortable or at least say, OK, there might be a plan. But I think the first thing that I take somewhat uh, comfort in is that there's at least a few Republicans that are willing to not fully just jump. The number of Republicans are like, yep, and we're going to vote on a nominee as, uh, when, whenever we have to because that's our duty. I mean, Tom Cotton had the most uncomfortable appearance on Fox on Sunday where Chris Wallace just basically was like, hey, dude, uh, what about all this shit you said in 2016? Like, right. you know, and that was like a good thing they're doing. And, and he was just he just kind of like glossed over it. It was like, well, you know, uh, now we have a, like it didn't occur to him how hypocritical he was being. He just stuck to his talking points to say the words out loud. And I really laugh at some of these Democrats and like political Twitter people who think pointing to these like hypocrisy of the right is going to somehow fucking do anything to fight this off. Um, we've seen this before. These people are not playing the same game at all. It's like right. trying to explain to a grizzly bear that's about to eat you that your flesh may upset their stomach or some right. shit. And they would be like, right. what? I've no, tried that though and you. it worked. Yeah, right? <laughs> or like even reasoning like with a child about something, about their own, It's it doesn't matter because the end game is completely devoid of those kinds of factors. It's about a singular focus to create this like, you know, white ethno-state cis patriarchy.
0: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so that doesn't- nothing matters
2: to that The fact like, that-
0: uh, logic doesn't work on children doesn't like when you're just fucking exhausted and demoralized yeah. it doesn't stop you from being from from just uselessly arguing uh, logic with a with a four year old uh, <laughs> right you know when you're not your best self
2: I mean to your point like yeah it's scary because what the like they're gonna try and push through a confirmation in a lame duck session like after the election yeah mm-hmm. they might because yeah. like we said they the numbers aren't there. The the number of of presidents who have been able to appoint Supreme Court nominees have been like presidents who lost the popular vote. You know what I right. mean? And these aren't these, there's no mandate for these justices to be in there, or at least to pack the court like this. So, yeah, like, look, if Biden wins and the Senate is taken over, then you, we have a little something to work with. If there's right. a lame if they try and do it in the lame duck, then one of the few shots is going to be Martha McSally's race in Arizona where she's going up against Mark Kelly um, and she's getting just destroyed uh, in terms of like the polls. Like it's it, it's it's really she's really underperforming there because she's just been really terrible, awful, shitty senator. And Mark Kelly's a fucking astronaut. His wife is Gabby Giffords. Like they're known in the state as like good people. So that's like the one vote that could come in and obstruct, uh, you know, Kentucky Turtles dream bench, you know, nightmare uh, Supreme Court. Uh, especially if you have people like, you know, if Lisa Murkowski actually says, I don't if she sticks to her word and says, I don't think it's appropriate. Susan Collins, I'm not even going to I don't right. care what she says because nothing matters with her. Um, Chuck <laughs> Grassley has intimated. Maybe he's willing to 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 do what's right. And we still don't know what's going on with Mitt Romney. So,
0: I mean, yeah. Lindsey Graham said we could use his words against him and so they we're all- good there, right?
2: Yeah. No, there's I mean, people are protesting in front of his house, in front of Mitch McConnell's house. Like it's a definite. I mean, there's uh, Act Blue said they received one hundred million dollars in donations since the announcement of RBG's passing. Right. Wow. So people look, people definitely understand. That's what I'm saying. It's just a little. The energy is a lot, which is good because uh, people need to be focused but it's also disheartening, I think, for a lot of people who have been facing a lot of major Supreme Court decisions that affect their lives directly. And it's kind of like, eh, well, eh, mm, 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 mm. and I think hopefully this maybe we're starting to see how intersectional it all is.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's interesting to just look at the right wing media because you can always see like the workings of the right wing sort of collective brain, uh, just primary process over at Fox news, uh, just speaking out loud, uh, Tammy Bruce from Fox news somehow like talked her way into, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg would have wanted Trump to replace her, even though they specifically have a statement from her on her deathbed saying, I just don't want you to replace me. Right. Um, and Tucker Carlson, with regards to that being her dying wish, uh, said, it's hard to believe. And I'm going to choose not to believe that she said that because I don't think that people on their deathbeds are thinking about who's president. <laughs> so uh, just the worst I mean, again, piece they're ghouls. Shit. That's right. why
2: I'm like, we can't be disappointed. You know what I mean? If an orc comes through and eats all your fucking dogs and shit. You're going to be like, what the heck orc?
1: But that's <laughs> what the fuck they hey. are. These people are
2: ghouls. They don't give a fuck about anything to do with someone's humanity or dignity. Like, because right. if you did, if they gave a fuck about humanity or dignity, they wouldn't have half the policy positions they do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's not, mm-hmm. it's never about what's good for the, the entirety of of humanity. It's about what's good for a very specific class of people and the donors who, you know, power that specific party. And like, that's why I'm like, I really hope to see, you know, some senators and shit really throw their bodies on the pile to try and fucking do whatever they have to to delay this, even if it means losing seats. Like there's I mean, not to not to completely lose a senator or anything like that, but like to really take that to understand what the stakes are, not just like, oh, I got to get through another election. It's like, no, 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 no. Uh, unfortunately, you found yourself at the point where. Your kind of lack of wanting to play dirty when they were playing dirty this whole time has now led you to this point, and you might actually have to you now you're really gonna have to do something
0: on the subject of whether uh like we we obviously can't trust Republicans to not just uh, be complete hypocrites but people are talking about how this will affect them politically like I can't imagine that the majority of voters w- would be on board with them being that hypocritical, right? Like that. That there, there's seems... something like
2: half of Republican voters oppose doing something before the election, right.
0: and that's half of the. So that's half of a half, half. The GOP, which is, yeah. Right. So that's like twenty-five percent of the country is like, yeah, ram yeah. it through. Fuck y'all. Uh granted, they're probably the ones who are most likely to vote for, uh Senate. But it, it still just seems like I don't know sort of you can't fool all the people all the time type thing where it's just like that's I mean it's just like bad like no no, nobody is looking at that being like yes I feel good about being on the winning side that uh, you know is doing this I guess except for extreme extreme right people
2: yeah well that again it's all about cruelty and if if that's what they're if if that's what's on the menu then they're ordering it
0: yeah there's also Christian prayer warriors on YouTube. One group headed by a former Trump campaign advisor who uh, rejoiced in RBG's death, claiming that it was an act of God to give no. Trump another Supreme Court pick. Uh, these these
2: uh, see, they're not. These are not opinions anymore, right? You know what I mean. There's no division. There's no divisiveness in the country. You know what I right. mean. Divisiveness is in this city when I laugh at Clippers fans. Okay, <laughs> and then I keep it moving, right. but like. I don't go up to someone and be like, you are a Clippers fan. Therefore, you are not a human and you don't deserve rights. The, like the things that there is division on, quote, unquote, as the right describes it, are about fundamental disagreements on who is a human being right, and what what rights are owed to a human on, the, yeah. on uh, within the borders of the United States. It's and it's not about all this other minutia. It's that they clearly have an idea of people who deserve rights and people who the fuck don't. And I think that's where you miss me because that's our, such a cruel worldview that yeah. I reject that entirely. It's one thing if we both go into it and be like, yes, I believe. OK, so if we're talking about medical care for trans people in prison, uh, we're willing to fund this much up until this point and then hope that the like these other people like if if you're not arguing about that but you're trying to figure out ways to get there to still give people dignity then then those are opinions because we're still we're still on the path towards giving people dignity right but when things are about like kneecapping people's rights and pulling the rug out from under them and then disguising it and all this other shit no like that's why like there's no i don't i don't really see how you can engage with the gop at all i mean we've seen it over and over at this point but like now truly like when they're like you know partying in the streets because someone died because they know like this could be like the true death blow to all these other rights and things that keep the oligarchical class in power and all this other shit. That's when we're like, Oh no, no, no. Like these, these aren't people who are, have a difference of opinion. Like they're here to ruin, to ruin us and to do harm. Yeah.
3: It's a matter of like, um, people maybe like being on the same page or being on slightly different pages of the same book. And then, reading from two entirely different books, one of them being, uh, I don't even, somewhat, uh, some book that uh, is evil. (laughs) The
1: Necronomicon. Yeah, the the (laughs) The
0: Necronomicon. Yeah, and I I do just want to say, since I guess you guys did a rewatch of The Social Dilemma, I just watched it uh, the other night, but the Prayer Warrior YouTube people uh, are probably uh the more extreme like 10 percent of the right Mm -hmm. so i i don't want to make it seem like everybody in who has ever voted republican is uh dancing on uh ruth bader ginsburg's grave okay
2: Um, well just maybe half of them
0: right (laughs) (laughs) yeah and super producer ana Hosnier is pointing out that there are uh it's also not You know, monolithic in terms of people on the left's response to, you know, RBG's legacy. There's definitely people who pointed out that, you know, she had some less than stellar, less than like supportive comments about the Black Lives Matter protests and had voted on the barbaric side of a couple of things like the pipeline going through indigenous lands. So. I mean yeah
3: it feels to me as though um a lot of her agenda in her career was fueled by specifically white feminism and not necessarily uh-huh. all of it but like she was she was a white woman serving perhaps predominantly other white women um and that is not okay white feminism is any feminism that is not intersectional uh is not helpful
2: is fucked
3: is fucked <laughs> uh so yeah i yeah um was she
0: appointed by clinton yeah clinton yeah. in
2: 93 so i mean uh that's what i'm saying is the other thing is with Let's you know, let's play out a fantasy scenario. Let's feel good for a moment. Biden wins. Okay, the Senate is, turns blue, the the House is blue, and let's say they did do the unthinkable and confirm what, what Amy Coney Barrett or whatever. I know they they say he's probably going to nominate a woman because he doesn't want to go through you know the Kavanaugh thing again because you know potentially anyone he thinks is good as a man probably high chance that they're on onto some bullshit or anybody he right. works with for that matter, but. Right. At that point, if Biden has all three chambers, like, I mean, there's stuff like Larry Nadler and shit talking about, you know, okay, then let's really turn it up. Uh, Let's add D.C. and Puerto Rico. Let's give them statehoods. Now we have four more senators. Let's expand the House now to have more members. Let's also expand the Supreme Court. So now we have, uh, I don't know, let's call it fucking 19 justices. Right. Fuck it. Yeah, uh, And now we can actually address this like, uh, you know, sort of artificial imbalance. I mean, there's a lot that could happen there that is, you know, isn't necessarily in the uh, outlined in the Constitution like you, th- that is all possible. So I think that's where now Democrats have to think, like, what are these contingencies that they're going to do? But in my head, it's like you should have done a lot of this shit anyway. Like right. it was always this weird thing of trying to play fair with these goons. And they right. never were going to. And then you just keep giving up, giving up, get like giving up more uh, rights and giving up seating more uh, ability to to secure like a uh, stability for people. And yeah, I guess is now there we do anything
0: story. like when Mitch McConnell did the thing in 2016 where he delayed uh, Obama's pick and just wouldn't vote on it until the election. Is there like something Democrats could have done to push that through or is it just like that was kind of too late?
2: they could have i mean i think there were a a maybe i'm trying to think specifically legislatively there was right uh yeah I'm the, and dan you can just or the, shorten this yes there are tools but it the it, what 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 was required was to go into the dirty toolkit Right, and rather than the regular toolkit. But the thing is, the Republicans, they've been steady fucking with the dirty toolkit for a minute, and we're like, what the fuck? These tools don't work
0: anymore. It's like, yeah, because it's all fucked (laughs) up, bro. Right, right. Uh, All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and talk some pop culture shit. And we're back uh and let's talk protest songs guys um there's this like boomer gen x thing that i heard a lot when trump got nominated that was like trump's gonna be great for music like just think about all the protest songs which i guess yep. is based on like memories of bob dylan and marvin gay and uh stevie wonder and shit like that but first of all it ignores the fact that to pimp a butterfly came out during the obama administration and there was great uh protest music being made already but um the i don't know the the protest songs that they're looking for i don't think are ever going to be written and i think a good example of that is uh, van morrison a writer a performer of brown eyed girl just released three protest songs uh finally we have some protest music uh and they are protests against the uk government's coronavirus lockdown measures oh uh in which he reportedly (laughs) uh, reportedly accuses scientists of making up crooked facts uh so i'm just gonna read uh one song uh and it's subtle stuff so i want to i want you guys to pay close attention see if you can uh Find the message in the allegory here. Uh, So the song is called "No More Lockdown." uh, And well, hold on. Let's take a second Mm. to break that down. (laughs) No
2: more lockdown. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll, let me think on that one, but I don't want to hold it up. So go on.
0: Okay. Uh, The chorus is "No more lockdown, no more government overreach, no more fascist bullies disturbing our peace, Uh, and then Hmm. no more taking our freedom." And our God given rights, pretending it's for our safety when it's really to enslave. Oh,
2: uh, what's what rhyme scheme are you using there, Van Morrison? <laughs> <laughs> Truly, it's what big. The, uh, <laughs> no more taking of our freedom and our God given rights, pretending it's for our safety when it's really to enslave. Because <laughs> 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 oh, nothing um, rhymes
3: with uh, <laughs> rights. <laughs>
2: exactly. No. All of the rights, all of the rights. Like, I don't know. Sure. Uh, I don't know. He's a knight?
0: Yeah, Sir Van. Uh, He's previously caused controversy by denouncing what he called uh, the pseudoscience around coronavirus. Uh, He issued a call to his, quote, fellow singers, musicians, writers, producers, promoters, and others in the industry to fight with me on this. Come forward. Stand up. Fight the pseudoscience and speak up. Uh, and this was because the 75-year-old said socially distanced gigs were not economically viable. Yeah, okay. Like, Let motherfucker, how much money do you need?
2: Also, motherfucker, you look like you like you get all your style cues from James Dolan with your fucking fedoras. He does look and fucking like James Dolan. <laughs> you are lame, bro. Your name is George. George <laughs> Morrison. Is it really? Uh, yeah, George <laughs> Ivan Morrison. That's where the nice. van comes from. Oh, but I wow. get it. Anyone in a fedora isn't really like that cool. Like, I mean, in the sense of, like they have internal coolness, unless you were like actually rocking a fedora from back in the day. Like, fedora now.
0: Yeah, fedora. You might as, now. Well,
2: just, you might as well just be like, somebody hurts you.
0: Right. <laughs> There's a whole thing with like rock stars in the UK who are like coming out uh, as very out of touch on this particular subject. One of the. Oasis Brothers uh came out. Sh- was like masks are pointless, uh, I don't wear one. And then uh the Stone Roses singer. Was that the lyrics to his song?
3: Yeah, that <laughs> was masks yeah. pointless, <laughs> I don't wear one.
0: Um and then the the Stone Roses singers also come out and said some dumb shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so- oh, what's his
2: name? uh Ian Yeah. Ian, they're gonna Ian Brown? Yeah. Yep.
0: The one and and
2: they they all him and the Gallagher brothers all kind of look the same.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right, well, let's get back to uh, our heroes on this side of the pond. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ellen (laughs) is back on TV.
1: Uh Woo!
0: So, so she had
2: the spookiest season premiere I've ever seen. Where, like, she comes out, you hear fucking audience. There's no reverse shot to show the audience. Like, oh shit. She's out here Mm -hmm. Um, and they were all virtual. Like they put like TVs in the seats so people could like FaceTime in and like so she could just be looking at a bunch of like pixelated giant faces in her studio. Um, But I think the thing that most people tuned in for was this is the first season since the uh, reckoning or the diet reckoning of that show where it Mm -hmm. was all the sort of workplace abuse and like toxic environment uh, sexism, racism, the great schism that broke apart the Catholic Church—everything apparently occurred on the Ellen DeGeneres show. But it was really, really bad. And so, yeah, this was her coming out to be like, "It's time to address this stuff." And I just want to kind of play a little bit of. It. It's, she she talks for a little bit, but I don't know if it. I don't know if she's learned her lesson. Right. Um, she says she wants to take this on directly, and I'll just play this clip, and then I think we can talk about it on the other side.
4: I'm so happy to be back in the studio. There are a lot of things I want to talk about. I've been looking forward to addressing it all directly and unfortunately, talking directly to people has been illegal for six months, so I have a virtual audience here instead. Here you all are. You look beautiful and I'm sure you smell great. That's what I'm imagining anyway. All right, let's get to it. (laughs)
2: Okay, I just like that that was her segue into addressing
0: her toxic work
4: environment.
2: And you smell great. All right, let's get into it. Uh... And it <laughs> As you the, may have
0: heard, the whole thing opens with her, uh, like the clip that leads into that clip is her basically being like, "Hey, how's everybody doing? I've been just great." Like the joke being, "Great like, summer." What a bad summer she had. But it's like this is not something that happened to you. Like I, I'm sure that the people who she surrounds herself with treat it like what a tragedy for Ellen because there's like no non-awkward way to just be like, man, you were fucked up to those people. Man, you're trash. Uh, So, (laughs) but yeah, it just seems like she's treating it as like a, a tragedy that befell her.
2: Yeah. And then we'll, then we'll see who I think maybe she feels is ultimately responsible too.
4: This summer there were allegations of a toxic work environment at our show. And then there was an investigation. I learned that things happened here that never should have happened. I take that very seriously, and I want to say I am so sorry to the people who were affected. I know that I'm in a position of privilege and power, and I realize that with that comes responsibility, and I take responsibility for what happens at my show.
2: That's just just I want to pause that. I want to give a shout out to Peter Parker and the. I was going to say, quoting <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <Whoa>. uh. <laughs> Back to her.
4: This is the Ellen DeGeneres Show. I am Ellen DeGeneres. My name is there. My name is there. My name is on underwear.
1: <laughs> is it?
4: We have had a lot of conversations over the last few weeks about the show, our workplace, and what we want for the future. We have made the necessary changes, and today we are starting a new chapter.
2: Okay. So this yeah! Is <laughs> I just right? heard that beginning of that. Yeah.
4: Like, free. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, woo, New
2: chapter! <laughs> Toxicity! <laughs> it will be even more passive-aggressive than normal. <laughs> it's, uh. um... <laughs> Again, I've made the necessary... Again, this still sounds like someone who is sort of like, uh, I didn't know what was going on in my factory.
1: Yeah. yeah. You know?
2: It's totally. not addre- it's not actually addressing. There are things that firsthand deal with her behavior as well. And granted, yes, there were producers who were abusive and needed to be let go, and they were. So yeah, they did that part. But it sort of continues with, like this thing of still kind of giving herself a little bit of room to be like, I'm not that bad.
4: There were also articles in the press and on social media that said that I am not who I appear to be on TV because I became known as the be kind lady. And um, here's how that happened. I started saying be kind to one another after a young man named Tyler Clemente took his own life after being bullied for being gay. I thought the world needed more kindness. And it was a reminder that we all needed that. And I think we need it more than ever right now. Being known as the...
2: I think she held for applause there. Yeah i think so i was sure it was right. she kind of she kind of scanned the screens as right. if they were going anyone no uh okay. and then i'll just play like just sort of a little bit of this last part and then we can talk about it
4: so let me give you some advice out there if anybody's thinking of changing their title or giving yourself a nickname do not go with the be kind lady
2: and that's a joke. And then she goes on to a few other jokes and then the one part where it begins to sort of address herself is just sort of like, look guys, I'm impatient sometimes and I get anxious and I'm working on that.
1: Mhm. All right.
3: Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so
3: she's barely holding herself accountable. She's I feel like not acknowledging that she was complicit in a lot of other people's bad behavior. She's the whole thing is so vague and so yeah. generic that the apology is a non-apology like everything about that is like yucky and just too vague to mean sh- anything.
2: Yeah, and I wasn't sure if like she was trying to use the be kind origin story as like a way to say like inspire people to give her a break too, like don't be mean to me, like hey, you everyone should be kind even in the face of me this stuff coming out about me. Can right. we also be kind to me? Yeah, can
3: could be kind to me? And remember how I love kindness? Right. Like, doesn't that endear you to me? And it's like...
2: It's a little... No. Yeah. So... You know, I, I, I thought she would be like, say something like, look, yeah, I fucking hid little beans around my house to make sure my staff was cleaning up. And if they match didn't, sticks, they would be yeah. fired Yeah, or what a match sticks and shit. <laughs> but that's actually at my house and nothing to do with the Ellen DeGeneres show. So let's not get sidetracked here for what happened here. I didn't have anything to do with it. And I fired them. So let's do the Millie Rock.
0: Yes, I fired them and I enjoyed the hell out of it. That's. I feel like she gets life from firing people, and in fact, I think that's what some of the stories were that she yeah. insists on doing the firing or so. Do you
2: think? Do we think she should have come back? Or unless you use this to actually have a moment for growth, and you're using your platform to show people, like, yeah, I was kind of a piece of shit, y'all. Like, I'm really trying to own that out in public, uh, and you shouldn't do that. And I'm learning or do you do the thing where you're like, don't fuck up the bag, don't fuck up the bag, apologize just enough to keep the advertisers there. And then the people who are the haters, fuck them, because there are still enough people who we can zoom in here to be the audience.
0: Right. Yeah, I I think probably that second way is not the way to do it. I think it would have either been better for her to actually own it, show growth and also start being more mean When she's like on air, so it's like not as disingenuous. Like, if she just became the queen of mean, uh, she's like, like,
2: Please don't put your feet on my couch. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) um,
0: exactly. That was something that she uh said was like, I'm not that good of an actress. Like, I couldn't come, like, what who you see every day is me. She's like, like,
2: I played straight,
1: so and it's (laughs) like,
2: Oh, why are we doing jokes again? Because we're still talking about this. What about you, Durante?
3: Yeah, I think that um in cases like this, I don't know, I'm com- I'm compelled to think that she should just sort of she should apologize, hold herself accountable, show her accountability and then maybe just sort of like fall back into obscurity, like take her bazillions of dollars, donate it to good causes and then give that platform to someone else who deserves it more and who yeah. hasn't been a complete shithead. And you know, isn't some awful tyrant to right. her colleagues?
2: Yeah. I I mean, yeah, that would have that would have ensured you have a good comeback is if you said, Hey, you know, honestly I gotta take I gotta take some time and I, and I wanna put this person on. I'm gonna give some money. And then people have been like, Wow,
1: okay, good okay. for you. You
2: didn't you didn't keep it going. And I think if you came back if she came back and was sort of like, you know, I, I was in the lab working on myself when really they weren't.
1: Mm-hmm. People
2: there would still be the optics of people being like, Wow, okay, then maybe it's we can we can forget about that. We can just paper that over.
0: Right. Right. All right. Let's talk about the thing that I think we've all been waiting to talk about. Been waiting
2: for you specifically to yeah, talk
0: about Yeah. That. that is red lobsters, Mountain Dew. <laughs> Dugarita, dude
2: oh, this show has been total idiocracy in one go we're like <laughs> oh yeah the supreme court balance could be irreversed, like irreversibly fucked for generations to come what do we do do we fucking take to the streets and like harass our leaders and then Dugarita. we're like Dugarita. <laughs>
0: Um I don't hey, I don't know what people are hoping to hear from me other than I, I fully support this. Yeah, don't this come is... to
2: for our takes on the Supreme Court, please. <laughs> yeah. Just come for our takes on like movies on Netflix, the occasional political hot take, but also all in Mountain Dew.
0: Oh yeah, and we're we're still working our way through Cobra Kai and uh the Last Airbender. Airbender. So what we'll, we'll get to come that. In. That'll be that'll be the rewatch for this week. But yep. um yeah, so as far as the Dugarita, I have not sampled it. Uh I do not drink, but uh I might need to go get a vergy, little vergy Dugarita um and see see how how it sits. I don't know if that would just be Mountain Dew with ice, but yeah. um
1: I, I don't I think know. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they They goes. do have a lime in there, so...
2: Already uh, you pull it up to the Red Lobster Bar and you're like, hey, let me get a Virgin Margarita, And the guy, the person behind the bar is like, what? Uh, <laughs> Seriously? All right, here. Do you want it in the glass? I can do that. All right, here's Mountain
0: Dew in the <laughs>
2: margarita glass.
0: <laughs> Could you put a cherry in it, please, sir? Well, it oh, says yeah. there
3: are, in addition to... Mountain Dew, and what I'm guessing is tequila. There are apparently a few other special ingredients, so Uh-oh. maybe it's maybe it's like Mountain Dew plus I don't know simple syrup, <laughs> just <Yeah>.
1: and <laughs> or Red something and Fen. disgusting. <laughs> Taking
0: it all the way back, y'all. <laughs> yeah, uh, a little dexedrine to get get things going.
2: Does the whole thing with like I didn't know. What kind of bar does Mount uh Red Lobster have? Does they have a full bar?
0: I had no idea. I I've never like I definitely associate certain chain restaurants like uh, Outback with having a bar uh but I don't I th- think I
3: feel like it I've, maybe does? Well like Olive Garden has, has a, a full bar usually yes. and I feel like Red Lobster and Olive Garden are very much they're cut of the same yeah. cloth.
2: Yeah. It's weird because most of the time i haven't been to red lobster in a minute but when i was going i would typically wasn't like had the income where i would buy alcohol when i ate out so i would never even think to look at an alcohol menu i'm like look Mm -hmm. man i'm here for fucking lobster fest some biscuits and i'm out because i sold like an eighth on the way in here to to (laughs) finance this but like so i'm curious now like because part of like when i look at i'm like where is the confirmation that there's alcohol in this even
0: right yeah, I mean, I think it would be kind of false advertising. Like, it's not even it a... Sl- yeah, to call it a dougarita and not fucking a- soda. It sounds too much like dungarees, dugurita, uh personally. <laughs> uh, it's also... They they have it rocks. They don't have it, like, blended uh, or, or like, the icy blended uh, version. let me get a
2: Cadillac Dougarita then. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, and it it's also the picture that they've put out as part of the announcement uh, is very lime forward. So right. maybe maybe it's a type of Mountain Dew. Like I think you know, Vault is supposed to be like berry forward. I think I forget I forget like what all the different ones are. Baja Blast berry I n- forward. I know Baja Blast is Baja <laughs> forward. Uh, but what I don't like this one seems like they might have like put a, a lime. Uh, accent within with, if, with yeah, uh, Mountain Dew and Fen Fen.
2: Maybe it's just like a tamarindo rimmed glass with Mountain Dew tequila and lime juice. Yeah. You just keep it moving.
1: Mm.
0: And then in kind of uh, inverse of this situation, our writer Jay McNabb pointed out Taco Bell uh, is trying to use booze to class up their restaurants and is offering Taco Bell branded wine mm-hmm. in Canada uh- They're debuting uh, a custom wine called Jalapeno Noir uh, Mm. to pair with its toasted cheesy chalupa, which the toasted cheesy chalupa looks amazing. Uh, So I'm, I'm about it. They got
2: rid of the Mexican pizza.
0: I know what we didn't talk
2: about this on the show because we were discussing this. You know, uh, 2020 happened and the priorities of the show changed a bit. But (laughs) right, um, I do want to say RIP to the Mexican pizza
0: what Officially. they like I don't think there's like that that can't be a popular decision I'd, I don't know many people who go to Taco Bell and don't at least fuck with a Mexican pizza once in a while like that's
2: it's delicious the 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 whatever the pizza dough which is just basically a fried to shit tortilla that's so greasy you can't even believe uh I love it
0: but it's not like it has ingredients that would be more expensive than like it's you all part know. of the same thing right
2: Part of me is like getting, you know, it's. I just feel like an old, like a Taco Bell truther or something. If there was something like that, like it ain't the same, and you know, the people behind it, they got, they got this other agenda to get you to eat healthy. It's not to live mas; it's actually to live menos.
0: (laughs) 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 Well, shit. To so to recap, I, I thumbs up the Dugarita and we'll be trying a version one at some point uh in the not too distant future Caitlin and uh, also, enter
2: been... recap: R B G is dead. Uh, the Supreme Court <laughs> is still in flux. The entire democracy hangs in the balance. Uh, right wing media is destroying everything, and also that other stuff. But and also,
0: also Dugarita sounds too much like Dungarita. Also,
2: thank you. If, that has it, been.
0: <laughs> that has been it,
2: <laughs> Caitlin. Goodbye. Yeah, <laughs> if anyone has a, a connect at Red Lobster that can give us a little more insight, look, we're not going to call any names out, but like, help us out here. We want yeah, to know. what's let Secret, you know, we know Zeitgang's strong. We know we're pervasive. We're out there.
0: We want ingredients. Uh, All right. Flavor profile. Caitlin, it's been a pleasure having you. Where can people find you and follow you?
3: You can. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Caitlin Durante. You can go to that website that I had mentioned earlier, CaitlinDurante.com. If you are interested in... Um, any of my screenwriting classes or one-day workshops or any script notes that I provide, uh, you can find information script about notes? that. Yeah, <laughs> script yeah. notes? Um, that information is on my website as well. And then another thing I would love to plug, and uh, Anna, I don't know if you want to help me out here, but... Um, Jamie and I of the Bechtel cast are presenting a live read of the Twilight screenplay this friday, september twenty fifth. Um, it's wow. going to be a a stellar cast of uh, myself and Jamie, plus Anna Hosnier and Shireen Lana Eunice as well as Krama and Jess Merwin filling out the cast. Um, And it's going to be a disaster. It's going to be amazing. Uh, I can't, I don't know if you know who you're playing yet, Anna, but it's some, there's some good stuff happening for you. And yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be a blast. So uh, we're doing it to support the campaign of Fatima Iqbal Zubair. She's a, uh, she's running for, Um, state assembly in California and she's an amazing progressive candidate and we're supporting her campaign. So uh, information about that also can be found uh, on my website. Uh, Yeah. So check it out.
0: Right. (laughs) And is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying?
3: Well, ties back to this, this comes from a friend of the show, Jamie Loftus She tweeted just an hour ago at the time of this recording in a brave act of subversion. I've decided to have a crush on Robert Pattinson again. Uh, (laughs) I fully am there with you, Jamie.
0: It is brave. It's brave. It's It's subversive. Go back. What What is that movie, uh, Netflix movie that just got released that he's starring in? Is that worth checking out?
3: Oh, is it? He, um, the Devil?
0: Devil All the Time? The,
3: yes. I haven't seen it yet, but it is okay. on my to-do list.
0: Got it. Um, Miles, where can people find you? What's tweet you've been enjoying?
2: Twitter, Instagram, Miles of Grey, the other podcast for 20 Day Fiance, or Sophie Alexander and I just talk 90 Day Fiance. You know, what's, what's still right with the world? Um and yeah, check check all that out. A tweet that I like. Um is also from Jamie Loftus, actually, and has a lot to do with this reading. Uh at Jamie Loftus Help tweets. In my day, we paid $18 to see Taylor Lautner fall in love with the baby and not questioned it for a single moment. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, no. Okay, so
3: now Jack, you have to find another tweet from Jamie specifically about Twilight okay. Please.
1: Tweet
0: Fecta. Uh it's not about twilight but uh I did recently like a tweet by Jamie Loftus have been told I handle earthquakes like quote someone from Boston which could be anything but definitely is not a compliment uh yeah <laughs> Earthquake over the weekend. Earth- earthquake
2: reaction shaming is so funny, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, native LA people don't have the shittiest rep anyway. Like, the hundreds of memes that are made right. about us, like, to come oh, yeah, okay, you, yeah, you're from Boston. <laughs> you, you okay. Would. Like, and they're like, where are you from? They're like, oh, I'm from Tempe and I just moved out here seven years ago. So I think I'm from, <laughs> but I'm LA. basically from here. I've I'm lived basically through. from here. And I will reject who I was before I came here completely. And if I saw someone who knew me before I lived here, I would act like I don't know them.
0: I've lived through a 3.2, so uh, no big deal. Um, Was that a 4.5 over the weekend? 4.6, baby. That ain't shit, bro. Um, uh, Also, Hunter Harris tweeted, Blake Shelton being named Sexiest Man Alive was the beginning of the end. And I think that's probably (laughs) a good timeline for how we got into this mess. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, footnotes. where we link off the information that we talked about in today's episode as well as the song we ride out on. Miles, what are oh, we riding boy, out on today? This
2: one is from Suni and it's called Satan. or it's called. not asked Says Satan. It's actually satin psychedelic. Oh man, you know, got got Satan on the brain. Um, mm. But it's called satin psychedelic, and it's just got like okay it's it's a kind of like a futuristic retro bossa nova vibe so Mm. if you like a little bit of uh you know some brazilian samba feelings and bass lines and rhythms this is right up your alley but also has like kind of a future vibe to it as well so in a way you could feel like you're regressing going to the past where times are simpler but also keep your eyes firmly planted in the future where it could be a hellscape
0: so you know enjoy this track satin is by far more enjoyable to encounter on psychedelics than Satan. I would say. Uh, yeah, it it's funny.
2: Satin. I have a there's a very bi- a family history story, a myth in our family about Satan and psychedelics. That oh, I really? Can't talk yeah, about. Yeah,
0: yeah. Fabric, any fabric on psychedelics looks very cool compared to off psychedelics.
1: Uh, <laughs> all right,
0: the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for this morning. We'll be back this afternoon to tell you what's trending and we'll talk to you all then.
1: Bye. Bye. You. What you did to me I want to make it What I did to you